0: Look, there was a great story yesterday that, um, that we were reading, and it was, the subject was Graham Fowler, who's a property investor. He owns more than 80 rental properties. In 2017, he and his wife Katrina did 24 trades, and in the one year, 2017, um, they made $880,000. Uh, in trading profit plus the rental income. So over a million dollars, just in that one year alone. The headline was, earning a hundred times what others do is beyond many people's comprehension. What was interesting about this story, Phil, I'm not sure if you saw it, but when I read it yeah, I and did. then I clicked on the comment section, which as I said earlier on, you never want to read the comments because they destroy your soul. But, But there yeah. was within two hours of the story being posted, there was over 500 comments. It was a staggeringly popular story online. So we have with us on the show... Uh, Graham Fowler, the property investor that uh, was the focus of the story. Um, And I joins us now. Tyler, have I got Graham here? Uh, We'll just put you back. Thank you. Uh, Graham, how are you? Hi, Graham. Who am I talking with? Yeah, yeah, talking with Simon and Phil, mate. I'll have fun. how are you going? Good, very well, thank you. So, Graham, really interesting, and thank you for coming on the show. I, I I know that Tyler, our producer, has spoken to you, and you would have read the comments on the story that uh, that you did yesterday. And they no, were, thanks. oh, you didn't. Okay, well, it was interesting because because
1: <laughs> th- there were
0: hundreds of them, Graham. Right. And some were very supportive. In fact, I'd say more than half were supportive of you, and others were not quite so much because they were suggesting, you know, pay your tax and capital gains would be a good thing. But you do pay your tax because yeah. f- flipping properties, you, you incur your tax. So let's go back to the beginning. If, you, if you've got seven or eight minutes, good to chat with you. Where, yeah. did, where did it all begin for you, Graham? Yeah,
2: how did this well, start? Well, I was a mechanic for um, about eight or nine years. So I started working as a mechanic when I was age 17. Yeah. Um, I read Bob Jones's book, Um, Jones on property when I was 21 or 22 when I lived in Wellington I live in Bay now but I was in Bay then I moved to Wellington read Bob Jones but well as a mechanic and decided property was the way to get rich Um, so I told the mechanics at work I was going to be a millionaire within 15 years by investing in property basically so I did a lot of hours I did 12 hour working days for about 18 months um, as a mechanic, saved up a couple of grand every month, saved up $25,000. I was buying and selling cars in that time as well. Um, and by the time 18 months came around, I'd saved up about $25,000. I looked at the first property. Um, sorry, I bought bought the first property I looked at and had no idea what I was doing at all. I was age 24 at the time. Um also had to get a solicitor loan of $10,000 because the first bank had said, no, you haven't got enough still. So yeah. I put down all the money I had plus $10,000 of a lawyer loan um, and then sold that property seven years later for a $40,000 loss. Oh. Wow. So okay. age 30, I still had zero. <laughs> wow. Well, gee, but, things have turned around. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people give up way too easily. So, I know, other, I mean, there's obviously wealthy people in the world, so they're no different to anyone else, which, you know, so I knew by losing all that money on that first one that yeah. it's still possible, and I've learned a huge amount from it. There's a lot of things I've learned from it over, over that time, so I just started being a little bit smarter um, with buying, and because the first property I probably paid $20,000 too much for it, um, right. I got really sucked in by the, you know, as I say, it was the first property I looked at, so. Right. Right? Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was a mechanic for all that time. I was still a mechanic for quite a while. Um, I was in a network marketing company for a while as well. Um, okay. So I, I started reading books when I was probably 18 or 19 on, on positive, positive books, you know, um, right. that sort of thing. So, right. So, Graham,
1: what, I'm sorry, possibly you said it, but I might have missed it because I'm over here in Japan at the second. What year was it when you bought that first property that didn't go so flashly for you? 1989. Right, okay. So, so yeah. as as one one of the things that people often who who haven't succeeded as much as you ever obviously have, is we look at them. And we go, oh, we're not sure. Is this the right time to buy? Is there ever a right or a definitively wrong time? Do you think to buy property?
2: It's not a. It's not a right time or a wrong time. It's the right property.
1: Right. So how do you
0: know what? is? This, this is what I'm intrigued with by, by your story, Graham. I found this mm. fascinating. You have picked up homes. And for some reason, people have sold to you for bargain basement prices.
2: What do you do to get them to do that? Well, it's being in the right place at the right time. So when you're starting, I mean, nobody's going to ring you and say, will you buy my property if they don't know who you are? It takes time, just like anything. It, It accumulates over time. So people generally ring us now if they want to sell a property, agents or private people or referrals from other investors. Like we've got a huge network of people um, we don't actively go out looking for properties, but sometimes people just want a property sold quickly, or they want to, um, you know, sell the property with tenants and not disturb them, or whatever. There's just so many, every every two hundred and fifty or three hundred properties that I've bought has been a different reason.
1: Right, Graham. At the heart of your portfolio, are you are you looking in general to keep these properties for a while and rent them out, or do you try and move them on fairly quickly?
2: No. Well, there's two things. Um, Simon, so that tr- when I started seriously back in 2000, um, I basically I sold real estate for a few years from 94 to 98. Um, then, had enough. I had a few rentals down in Wellington, sold them all, and then couldn't get a loan um, with a bank. So I didn't have a job. So mm-hmm. what I had to do was I had a couple of hundred thousand dollars um, from selling the other properties I had in Wellington. And basically was buying properties around Danubek, Pahia, here of for cash, because no bank would give me a loan for a couple of years and just buying them, doing them up ourselves and then selling them again, making a little bit of profit and then buying rentals when they made sense and Hastings and Palmerston and that sort of thing. Mm. I don't have any in Palmerston now. They're all pretty much all in Hawke's Bay. But that's how I started trading properties um, and then with the profits from those put them into long-term hold. So, for example... If you can create $20,000 after you pay tax and everything, and then you have a 20 year loan, you've put in $20,000, and then the, the tenant paid the rest off for you. Right. What right?
0: sort of risk so, what sort of risk have you incurred, though, with this? I don't grant?
2: think you understood that.
0: <laughs> no, you're probably right, actually, if I'm so, honest.
1: No,
2: I understood it. Yeah, so I this, think I did so anyway. $20,000, right? Yep. You put in $20,000, 20, 000, 20 yep. years later, the house is worth $100,000. Sorry, even if it, the price is still exactly the same, right? Like the tenants have paid the other eighty thousand off. Yeah, I
0: year. do get that. I do get that. I wonder, Graham, what sort of risk though? I mean, you've just been enormously successful. What sort of risk? How have you slept when a market is downturning? Like you know, we're in a period now where everybody's been saying that the, yeah. this bubble's going to burst. Does that worry but you?
2: Not the slightest. The Hawke's Bay market dropped by thirty percent over. A period of about seven or eight years from two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, when the GFC was on, yeah, um, till about 2014, 2015. So, to me, I don't care ever what the prices are doing. It doesn't matter. As I said before, the ma- the property has to make sense, not the market. Right. So when you have a criteria of what makes sense, so the rent's got to cover the rest of the the mortgage, yes. the, the other eighty thousand. So yeah, once that yeah. happens, then you just basically sort of sit there and leave it. So. Yeah, so, but what
0: if a tenant pulls out? I mean, oh, I've been in this. So what if what if a tenant pulls out, and then then who pays?
2: Well, when if you've just got one property, it may be an issue, and it was for me as well with that first property I bought. I had times when yeah. there was like a there was two a two flat property in States Valley, which was a horrible property looking back now, and there was times when the rents went from one eighty each flat down to one twenty over the time I owned it. Um, and there was times when the tenants didn't pay, one tenant left owing $1,800, which was a lot mm. for me as a mechanic trying to top up. So you just yeah. have to deal with it the best you can. And I mean, it's a lot, probably a lot easier in some ways, and in other ways, it's a lot harder now.
1: Okay. Um, Graham, just quickly. Who do you actually get? Do you, do you actually, uh, in effect, run the properties, the rental properties yourself, as in collect the rent yourself and that sort of thing, or do you do it through an agent, which, which some folk that only have one property will sometimes do? A property yep. manager. Yeah, yeah property manager. Uh, some yeah.
2: people manage themselves. Um, I did for a little while, for the first few years. But no, the property managers manage all of them now. It would just take way way too much time to do that.
0: Graham, I'm going to play two minutes of messages. Then, Graham, if it's all the same, I'm going to ask for your five top tips for people listening to this that want to try and do what you're doing. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, we'll come back with Graham Fowler. Thank this you. chap was a, a big story yesterday. Online owns more than 80 rental properties, made a million dollars in one year alone in 2017, just turning and flipping these properties. Get some more in a moment. There was a really fascinating story yesterday online featuring uh, property investor Graham Fowler. He owns more than 80 rental properties, been doing this for a long time now, uh, made over 800000 just by flipping properties in one year alone. And he joins us on the line. It's a really interesting chat. Uh, Graham, thank you again very much for your time, mate. You're welcome, Simon. There's a text here. It says, "Yeah, it says text here." Just before we go, it says, "Oh, hail to Graham! What a great inspiration! I'd like to sign up if you ever run your own course on how
1: to do the same." Fascinating, says the texter. Graham, quick question before we go to tips, mate. That you started in the 1980s, correct? And obviously, you. 1989, right, Just, sorry, yeah. Yeah. 1989, not, not mate. And, and and you mentioned how you really, as a mechanic, you worked 12-hour days, and I'm presuming sometimes there were six- and seven-day weeks as well to scrape together that very first deposit for the very first house. Yes. do Do you actually think that in general, and I suppose, to be honest, I'm talking about Auckland now in particular, yeah. but do you think in general in New Zealand, is it harder to save for that deposit now than it was when you had to work like a dog to get your first deposit?
2: it's not harder to save, but it's harder to get the deposit. So you can still save, but it just might take a little bit longer. Right. So anyone can still do do the same thing. It just may take them a little bit longer because the average house price is a lot dearer than, um, you know, compared to the average wage. I think it was like about five or six times back then, and now it's about eight or nine times. Right. Um, right. So yeah, it's still there, but it just may take a little bit longer. But the thing is, is it worth it to do that if it takes another year longer?
0: OK, Graham. there's a text that's coming. It's a good text. It says, please ask Graham if he has properties overseas, Australia, for example, and if there's an advantage from one market to another in another country.
2: No, I don't. No, some people do, but I just don't see the point in learning a whole lot of new laws in a different country when it's easy enough to do here. There's, there's no point. Right. Same with, same with investing all around the country. There's, there's, you know, there's a few other places which would make sense, but all, all our properties are in Hawke's Bay.
0: Right. right. Now but you I mentioned, think. for those that have just joined us in this interview, you mentioned your first home, you lost $40,000. Am I right? Have I recalled that right? First rental. First yes. rental, $40,000. Really, yeah. So can anybody do, in your view, Graham, can anybody do what you're doing or do you have to have a skill?
2: They can. Anyone can learn it. I mean, I learned it from nothing as a mechanic, as I, as I say. And yeah. a lot of it's trial and error, but I am also run a property investor chat group on Facebook, which has got 25,000 people there, so people can ask questions to you know 25,000 investors around New Zealand on there. Um, so I mean, there's there's avenues there now. There's there's ways to learn where, when I was starting, I had nothing. There was nobody I could talk to about it.
0: Right. Okay.
2: So I've I've written a couple of books on it as well. One was 2003, which was the best selling ever one in New Zealand real estate investor secrets. Sold 15,000 copies. And another one recently in 2016, which was 20 rental properties in one year, which was a goal of mine that I had in 2014 of buying 20 properties with no money. Right. And they all had to pay for themselves um, after the rates, insurance, mortgage and property management. So using existing equity, but putting nothing into them at all, no money.
0: Graham. what about people? That, and there's a few texts coming in, and there was many on the in the story yesterday. What about people that say about the tax issue? And you defended yourself, and said you and your wife pay, you know, millions of dollars in tax. So how no, does that? How does the tax situation work?
2: I didn't pay millions. <laughs> oh, no, God, okay.
0: no, sorry, that was the yeah. old Barnett embellishment factor. There, you paid. You've paid your <laughs> fair share of tax. You paid your you fair share of tax. Not to right, yeah, no, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good man. <laughs> so, how does the tax side of it work?
2: Well, with trading. Um, we pay GST, so you've got to be GST registered first of all. So we claim right. the GST when we buy a property, we pay the GST back on the sale price when we sell. So we're paying 15% there to start with, plus the income tax, whether it's in a trust or a company, outside it on the company. Um, so it's yeah. another 30% or so there. But it works out around about 38 to 40% tax we pay. So if we make 40 grand, we'd pay 16000 approximately of that in tax. Right.
1: Would the capital would the capital gains tax have made that tax uh, grab even higher?
2: No, capital gains is something completely different, and for investors who are long term investors, it would make absolutely no difference anyway, because the whole goal, as I said earlier, is having the twenty thousand deposit, the tenants pay the eighty thousand off, then you've got their income, so there'd be no reason to sell it.
0: Right, and that's the big thing. That's what they say. If you don't have to sell, you don't sell. Finally then, Graham, let's uh, because many people are waiting for this, what are your top five tips for doing what you do?
2: Uh, okay. Well, what I'd say first of all is get to know the market. Yep, yep. Because I didn't know the market when I bought my first one. It was the first property I bought, and I, as I say, I probably paid $20,000 too much. I got a valuation on it, and it came out surprisingly enough as exactly what I was paying for it. But So I didn't know the market, but... Um, Secondly, I would say set a long-term intention, not necessarily a goal, but a long-term intention of what you want.
0: Okay, that's so whether good.
2: It's to replace your income or whatever it may be. Yep. I and mean, You might say I want $1,000 um, a week after paying tax and so on. Um, so you might want three or four properties that are freehold to, to do that. So you set a long-term goal yep. to do that. Yep. Um, and yep. it may change. My, my goal initially when I was... Um, like 25, 30 years ago, was to have 10 copies freehold by the time I was 45. And, you know, that has long since extended, you know, got a, a lot bigger goal. Yeah. Um, but you start off with the, you know, you start off with the goal. It's something you're working towards. Yep. If you're not working towards anything, then you're not going to obviously get there. Um, what else? Um, Your final big one. Well, there's more than that. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, need to, okay. <laughs> you need to, you need to um, build a team around you. Right. A, big, yeah. you know, a, a very solid team of people who you can trust, just like you have a solid team. You've got to have all the people around you you can trust. Yeah. You're going to pass the ball to them, you've got to trust them. Um, or They do the same. For you. So understand the numbers is a big one as well. Yeah. Um, you've really got to understand the numbers. A lot of people just buy and have a very, very low yield, and, and the cash flow is going to suffocate them, basically. Yep. Um, unless you have a high yield, then you're just asking for trouble. And a lot of people come to see me after they've got several properties and by buying another property, it just gets worse and worse and worse because they, they don't buy right to start with. So you have to know the numbers um, and don't never worry about market prices. I mean, I never ever worried about market prices. If the deal makes sense on the day, then you buy it. doesn't have to, but a lot of people go into it <coughs> with assumptions that the prices go up. And so they, they use something called interest only. Um, yeah. And, um, so no one's ever paying the loan off. And then if the property goes down in value or stays the same, they think, well, this estate doesn't work. But it's it's yeah. right what I said right at the start. You put in a small deposit, the tenants pay off the mortgage, you provide a good home for them, and they pay so it's basically 500% on your money for doing nothing.
0: Very fascinating, interesting interview. Graham. thank you very much for your time, mate.
1: Thanks very much for your you time, Graham. We We do appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Absolutely.
0: You're good on you.